Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Go Dad Go. This is episode number one. Uh, you're welcome, and also we're sorry in advance. We're just two guys, slightly politically incorrect, mostly like you, but kind of not. Anyway, uh, what we're going to do here, I'm Doug, and this is Tom, and we're just going to go over any current events for dads. That's all we are. There, done. See, that was even worse than the last try. No, no, that one had some good stuff in it. I, that, that had some real good stuff in it. <laughs> all right. Um, welcome to the pilot episode of Go Dad. This is not a parenting podcast. This is not a how-to podcast. This is two dads, kind of like you, kind of not, sharing stories and just talking about being dads. If you have suggestions for what we like, what you want to hear, we want to hear your suggestions. Feel free to reach out. Give us thoughts. In the meantime, buckle up. This is episode one. It's going to be a bummer. You wrote that down, didn't you? Nope. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> well, repeat that well, to you word for word if I tried. <laughs> well, we're going to use that one. Hey, everybody. I'm Doug. And I'm Tom. And welcome to go to bleh, to go dad go. So um, you heard him. Uh, we just two guys wanted to decide to excuse me slink into our basements and share some news articles. And um, we've already talked extensively about how uh, not even our mothers are going to listen to this because it's go dad go. And uh, at least in the case of my dad, he is probably admonishing somebody for trying to chase a flush right now just the way he's the way he usually is at this time of night so uh i don't know tom do you want to start with your first thing or do you want me to do my first thing if i can even remember it i feel like i should start by saying your dad should only be admonishing them if he bet enough they didn't have the right pot odds to call in the first place otherwise it's his own damn fault that, that's well, where i should start well, yeah, and I mean, he's he's big on that stuff. I mean, every chance he talks about poker, you're just going to hear the name Sklansky all the time. Um, and he uh, actually, my best poker story about my dad is we uh, it was me and my brother-in-law and him. We were going to the casino because, you know, why not? And I was talking about how one of my favorite hands to play is Ace Jack because, you know, a lot of time, I mean, like, it sucks. You know, it's going to lose to Ace King and Ace Queen, but you know, when you get that Jack rag rag, you're feeling really good. And I immediately, right after I said that, my dad goes, oh, ace Jack, that's one of those, you know, it's not really a power hand. Like King Queen is better because, you know, the occasional straight shot blah, 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 kind of thing. Um, side note, I am turning into my father because I've kind of taken on that line of reasoning now with more poker. But that night, I end up watching him on one of his last rounds and he ends up rivering the nut flush and his hand was ace jack suited <laughs> and he won $700 in a one, two game for that hand because someone That's else chased hand. someone else chased a straight and hit it. But he ended up capitalizing on the flush and I looked at him after that and I was like, ace jack dad. And he gave me a look that was like, I hate you. <laughs> I've never played poker. Is a flush better than a straight? Is that how that works? Really? I just lost five percent respect for you. So we're so we're at eighty. There's still some believe, ways to go. If you believed me after all the conversations we've had, then uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, a flush is way better. So yes, if if they're all the same shape, that's better than all the numbers, Tom. Five red cards is better than okay. I got you. Good. Yeah, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. We should play poker sometime. We should. We should. Yeah. No reason. No reason. All right. Okay. okay. 
So now that we've talked about poker and gambling and other illicit activities, I am going to jump into my first article because at the end of the day, all you fellow dads out there that have actually gotten to this episode at first, um, this is supposed to be semi-serious. Again, we're just a couple of guys, but we feel like we have at least two smart things to say per day, and we hope to catch them on here. Um, The first thing that I had was actually from the American Heart Association. And it says, hey, dads, you play a big and important role in your kids' health. So we're going to start with uplifting today. So the whole point of this article is essentially that kids actually do look at dads for what they eat and how they act and the kinds of habits that they take. And even though moms are kind of the, the you know, the starting point, if you will dads are the ones that actually have the longer, like some of the longer lasting habits that that go further on. So I basically, of course, screwed the pooch on this one and took like the highest, longest, most technical thing ever to start this. Um, But Tom, did you have a chance to look at this and have any initial thoughts on it? Yeah, I did. Um, And it was, it was interesting. I grew up in a single mom house. So, um, you know, my dad and I didn't have a super great relationship growing up. He was pretty far away. I was in New England. He was in Florida. Um, you know, so my mom was my was my influence, but it was interesting in this article. What I expected to see was, you know, a lot of modeling behaviors, set standards for your kids, and then teach them how to act way down the road. And there was a lot of that, but I thought it was interesting. They kind of honed in on, you know, the father kind of plays a key role in helping the child avoid um, different types of cardiovascular illnesses and cardiovascular diseases growing up. Um, I thought that was interesting, and a lot of it was based on modeling, like I thought it would be. Um, but it was, it was, when, we'll, when we get to my article, you know, my first one, you're going to see they kind of dovetailed nicely, but it was good to hmm. read a sort of uplifting article that says, hey, dads, you're important. Like what you're doing with your kids is important. Be active with them, be present with them, do the right thing in front of them so they can follow it because it's, it's going to set all kinds of good examples and it's, it's going to have long lasting. I mean, that, that was actually why I, I picked this article out as a first one, because it's, it, it was surprisingly, um, what what do the kids say nowadays? Based or or trad or whatever that is? I don't know. Well, I haven't um, heard trad. That one's new to me. I, it's supposed to be traditional, I think, which is, you know, original to shorten a word, to abbreviate it. Um, but those yeah, are important. Those abbreviates are very important. But yeah, this this article basically, I mean, it, it talks about yes, moms and all that stuff. But then it says, hey, dads, um, if you kind of do the the go team go kind of set up here and, and support and kind of have the unified message. And that's what helps kids. And it even goes on to say, like, you can have a teenager that eats like shit. Um, but if they know what not eating like shit looks like, then they'll be okay. <laughs> and so that's kind of the whole point of the article. And I actually like this too, because when I, okay, story time, here we go. When we were pregnant, me and my wife with our first, um, one of our neighbors where we were living at said, He said, now, when your daughter is born, you're not going to know what to do. And that's okay. It's going to be like eight months or nine months. And until you like figure out how to interact with the kid. And what was my first thought? Gents out there, you know what it was. Uh, Sure, man. But on the inside, I'm like, you must be just a crappy dad that didn't know how to interact with your kid. Like it's your own flesh and blood. How could you not be like, oh, yay, like half of me, like right away. Um, And he was sort of right um it was kind of like what do i do with it 
and we have the severe disadvantage compared to the ladies that have all the, you know, chemical brain stuff and everything. And they've already, they've already kind of been taking care of the baby for nine months before that, you know, with mindful of everything they're doing. So yeah, this article is kind of like, Hey dads, don't lose hope. We still need you around maybe more than just to procreate. So yeah, that's my contribution to this first podcast. It's a good one. I like it. I'll take it. Um, I think I told you the story about how, um, you know, friend after friend of mine basically told me, you know, when their first child was born, there was just this moment of blazing clarity in their soul where they just knew they would do anything for this kid and their world was different. They felt different and they were suddenly human. They were just different human beings because they had a baby and they were dads now and it changed everything in the blink of an eye. And, you know, my first kid was born that that moment didn't happen. And so when that, when we had our first child, I mean, I was very happy. I was certainly happy to have a child, but I didn't have that moment where I felt as though I had changed and, and been, you know, turned into this, this better human being all of a sudden that didn't hit. And, um, and for a while, kind of the opposite of your experience, you know, where you were thinking that guy, like, yeah, you're just a bad dad. I had the very internalized version of that where, where I went, wow, maybe I'm a bad dad because I'm the only one who doesn't have this feeling. This happens to every other guy and didn't happen to me right away. Um, and it wasn't until honestly, probably two or three years later, um, after I'd had my second child, my son, which was a very different experience, but because I didn't think he was alive when he came out. But it was at like two or three years later where I talked to someone and, and we had this conversation and uh, he was having his first, he had just had his first kid. And I brought this up and mentioned it to him. And he was like, oh my God, thank you. Yeah. I thought I was an awful human being. I thought I was terrible. And I'm like, no, 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 this, this is okay. Um, and that's, you know, when we talk about this podcast, that that's sort of a part of, of why I, I wanted to do something like this. I feel like there are a lot of things when it comes to being a dad or a parent in general um, that you you feel bad about, you feel wrong about, you don't know what you're doing. Um, and you get to a point where you have to realize, yeah, I, I, it's okay. It's all right that I don't know how this works. It's okay that this was different for me. It's okay that I didn't know what to do here. Um, that's all right. And it, it really genuinely is okay that you're not falling into what everyone else tells you is a common parenting experience. It's okay if yours is different. Um, it took me a while to realize that. And I think that's an important thing. Um, and I feel like, you know, especially with, with dads, there's, there aren't support groups like, like there are for some moms. You know, there's, there's Facebook groups, there's Instagram groups, and there's, you've got your Discord groups, but they're, they're few and small. Um, and, and I've been a bunch of them. Most of them are not truly supportive. Most of them are people like taking shots at other dads and trying to prove they're the best dad and you're the most manly man and you're doing this wrong. There have been very, very few that I found that I've liked that were supportive. And, and I feel like this podcast should be something along those lines like this we're not telling you how to raise your kids um but we are telling you that you know your unique experiences are okay and we we support you yes we support you if you need an audio dad hug we're here for you and we will give that to you once every two weeks you're welcome to replay it re-hug all you want um that's kind of you know it's good that you brought that up i think think that's kind of important that's why i like your art it's going to be an ass out virtual hug by the way because we don't know you guys that well yet so yeah. just just so you know it'll be the very dainty like you know two seconds kind of yeah, thing yeah. we're still getting out of covid like we're still we're still close enough <laughs> oh don't elbow, you even that dare. Elbow Jesus. Bump, you know, here's an audio elbow bump for you god i you know what that this is going to be awesome because i'm going to complain about church um they still do that in in our church and it's like 
may the Lord, you know, be with you always and, you know, peace be with you and all that stuff. And then everyone turns and they do still the, like the, Hey, hey and they put their hand up and like, I've started just like shoving my hand at people. Like, come on, let's just start doing this again. Cause that was kind of the whole point was the connection, right? Like that's like the whole deal of getting together worship and just it, half like, or I guess not half the time, but every so often someone's like, and they like retreat away and shrink back. I'm like, all right, fine. Wave like, you know, whatever kind of thing. So I had a similar moment the last time I was playing <laughs> poker. I was in the Foxwoods. I thought you didn't play poker, Tom. I I lied a hundred percent. I'll send you, I'll send you my sheets. You, you can see what my ROI is. It's it's pretty well, decent. It's like Sergeant Boko. What is this called again? <laughs> a full house. What a cute name. <laughs> I've never tried to be that bad about it. That yeah, I should, I should go for that. At some point. Is that good? <laughs> there, there was the guy as I went in and I was taking a break and hitting the bathroom and. I go walking out and there's a guy who walks from his urinal and he's got an N95 mask on, but walks right past the sinks and doesn't bother washing his hands. Yeah. And, and I turned and I actually said to him as he was walking by, I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir, I've got to ask. And he stopped and looked at me and I, and I was like, why wear the mask if you don't care enough to wash your hands after you take a piss? And he just looked at me and he had this goofy look on my face. Uh, about two hours later, uh, my table broke. And I had to transfer tables and I went to his yes, table. <laughs> yep, I went to his table and I literally sat down, saw him and went, you know what? I don't want to touch the cards or chips that he's been touching. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and find a different table. And I stood up and left. Um, yeah. <laughs> People yeah. yeah, that's good. I like it. All right. Anyway, off of story time. So I guess I'll jump into my, my first article. Yeah. Um, so we're here to support dads, but apparently not this guy. Yeah, not publicly publicly degrade him for now, and it's not. It has nothing to do with the mask, by the way. Like everyone has a risk tolerance and all that, but wash your hands. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to be that paranoid about germs, the American Heart Association says so. (laughs) The first article I picked, um, the first story that I wanted to share today, was something that's. uh, I've actually complained to my wife about this. I've complained to other dads about this. Um, this is one I hold near and dear to my heart. So I may go off on a rant here. You may have to rein me in. Um, it's a no, story. It was, I'm just going to let shared, you do it. And that's fine too. Um, it was shared by scarymommy.com, which scary mommy, I, I know doesn't sound like a dad's kind of cast. My wife started sharing some Instagram posts from them with me and I freaking love it. They get parenting. They get momming. They get dadding. They, they get it. So if you have a chance and you want something to, you know, look up scary mommy. It's, it, it's great. Um, but the article is called, Why Are We Still So Surprised That Dads Are Parents Too? And it talks, uh, it's a pretty decent read. It's pretty lengthy, um, but it's got a lot of first case or first person stories and it's got some, some empirical stuff. Essentially, it talks about why dads aren't treated as parents the same way as moms. Um, something goes wrong with a kid at school and the school calls the mother. And the mother says, hey, um, call my husband. He's, he's actually working from home. He can take care of this and hangs up. And then the mom gets a call again an hour later. And she says, hey, I'm sorry, call my husband, make him the primary contact. And then an hour and a half later, guess who they call again? The mom. The mom. Dad never got a call. Um, I've, I've lived through this. My, my kids go to a great daycare facility where they went. Two of them are, are in um, elementary school starting this fall. But one of them is still there. And we had a pretty good period where I was running my own business. I had 100% flexibility. I was the guy who was free to take care of problems when they came up. My wife is treating patients and is booked from open to close and is busy, busy, busy. So I'm the primary contact to take care of things. And 
we would have days where they would call her two or three times and text her twice. And I would never get a word. And, and I would go in and ask them, and, Oh, sorry, we'll call you first next time. And a week later, my kids heard <laughs> all the time. They'd be calling her again. And I got agitated. Um, and then she's got a good relationship with, with a couple of the, the people who work there. She's got a good friendship with a couple of them. So I, I kind of let it slide because I knew they took good care of my kids. And I know there's a friendship involved. Maybe you're just more comfortable calling a friend. But there came a point where I was really pissed off about it. And I was like, this is stupid. I am the first point of contact. You will call me. I will take care of it. Stop bothering my wife at work. She probably can't answer her phone anyway. Um, but this article talks to a lot of women who are equally agitated about it. Um, one of them, mm-hmm. my favorite one in the whole story was the dental office, her, the dentist. Yeah. The yeah. dentist office That's calls her good. when the dad was the one who dropped the kid off and he's waiting in the lobby and they still called the mom to ask her a question. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I feel your pain. I, I, I a hundred percent understand. This is it. We, is we he still out happen. there? Yeah. No, act like you, you can't see him. Just, just. Yeah. Pick up the <laughs> we, we had this happen at uh day camp with my, my oldest two of the, just two weeks ago or so um, they called my wife and I went to do pickup and, and I gave them my number and said, make me the primary point of contact, please. I've got way more flexibility than my wife um, upgraded my, updated my number with them, watched them put me at the top of the list and picked up my kids and went home. The next day they called my wife twice because of an issue with the kid. And she had to call me and tell me, and they never called me. And I just, this is a real thing. And I've talked to a lot of dads and they feel it too. And you get to a hmm. point where when, when the people caring for your kids, um, just straight up choose not to call you. It starts to feel personal and you start to take it like a slight. And it was good to read this article and see that this wasn't just me overreacting to something. This wasn't just me taking a small sample size and blowing it up and, and acting, you know, um, unfairly. This is a real thing. And it, it pisses off the moms too. It was good to see that. Like the mothers are like, no, I'm a working professional and, and he's my partner and I have him for a reason. Let him help. You know, stop bothering me. You know? He tied his shoes today. Come on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let him yep. yep. And and the study goes on and talks about how this sometimes can unfairly impact women's careers. And it takes that kind of that slant. And it was a very interesting read. But the part mm-hmm. that I took to heart was, was basically, hey, dads are parents too. Let us be. Seriously, let us be parents. Um, and it's it feels like a double like a double-edged sword where, you know, where there's a stigma that that dads aren't good enough parents. But then on the other hand, you we're often not let to be parents. We're not permitted to be parents in this weird way. We get kind of bypassed and ignored and, and refuse to be brought in the loop. And this article really was sort of a, a personal one for me because I've lived this over the last few years. And it was nice to know it's not just as, as much as I don't want to be a misery loves company guy. At least I know I'm not crazy. You know? Well, I didn't rein you in at all. <laughs> no. And because you didn't, <laughs> no. I talked for about 75 <laughs> minutes. So uh, sorry, everybody. Well, so this is um actually, so this article, I'm going to be that guy. It kind of annoyed me a little bit because it had nuance. And for a second time, I thought you were trying to like maybe secretly troll me here. And it's like, oh, no, I'm a working professional. I just hate how they call me first about my own child. I have this husband, like he's kind of like a dog, like he can get the paper and he comes back, but he like has two legs, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I mean, it's that I actually agree that that it is kind of frustrating. I mean, I feel like um, let's just say I'm I don't consider myself God's gift to fatherhood. I mean, OK, perfect example. Um, we were watching some of our friends, kids, and uh, the one kid is also not a doctor, but he's allergic to some like some uh, 
something in not all beef hot dogs like it's like a chicken thing or something like that like it really messes with him and so he can have some severe reactions to at least some of the more processed stuff and we were watching it for the weekend and we got all beef hot dogs to make sure that you know he could have hot dog and be fine and I just, hey, guys, want some hot dogs? And I went into the fridge and I just started grabbing stuff. And my wife from upstairs somehow heard me. Um, It was probably this kid's guardian angel, like, you know, sending the cup with the string up to my wife. And she goes, make sure it's all beef ones. And I looked down and it's not all the beef ones. So, yeah, thanks for saving this kid. I was totally going to kill your kid. Sorry about that. (laughs) But anyway, I digress a lot. You also didn't rein me in. Your fault. No, Um, I'm going to let you babble. I'm going to let you go with it. I know, right? Uh. I do. I do feel this way sometimes, too. I feel like especially when we try, we have to be supported because it's it's you know, if you get punched in the gut when you try, it's harder to try the next time. Um, And it's almost even worse to be completely bypassed than it is to be told off, because at least being told off is some version of acknowledgement. Right. Whereas not existing is almost even worse. But my main issue with this article is that it goes all here's the issue. Here's some funny stories about it. Here's some pissed off ladies. And then here's what work can do to do different kinds of leave and make everything primary and list forms as parent one, parent two. And then way at the end, it's like, oh, well, we should probably like structure our families like that also. And it should be the reverse. It should be more families need to get together and say, this is bullshit. And, and cause that's, that's really when it happens. You don't have some corporations and companies don't change something because of something trendy or like the occasional complaint, they change it when people look at them like they're nuts. And so I think it needs to be the reverse. This needs to happen from the literal ground up. Um, good article. I like it. And uh, we notice you fellow dads. Uh-oh. We do. We do. Ass out. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy I picked one that both uh, resonated with you and trolled you a little bit. I feel like that's a hard, hard balance to strike. And I'm pretty proud that I got there on the first one. No, not really. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm no longer validated. Thanks. We no longer support me on this one. <laughs> yeah. I had someone tell me one time that it is impossible for me to completely agree with anyone on anything, including myself. And I looked at him and I went, well, Okay, yeah, you're probably right. Because <laughs> I couldn't even agree with myself on what to say to him. <laughs> All right. Next. See, we're good at talking. We're good at talking. This is not going to be six minutes. It's going to be 16 minutes. Uh, yeah. Speaking of trolling, Tom was talking about this earlier when I said it to him. How it, uh, and he has, um, he has a valid reason for, for this kind of getting to him. Uh, but Fox News... There you go. Politically incorrect already. Um, Texas. Oh, we're dad. canceled now. Thanks. We're canceled. <laughs> yeah, we're, you cited that. No. Now we're canceled. There's that stuff. Before we out. even started, man. There's that stuff coming out now about like the leadership uh, being like, you know, big donors to like the Democrats and all that stuff. And so like it's there's at least accusations of them being controlled opposition. So yeah. I I'm here for it. I love it. I, I was one of those like um, we'll use the word annoying because that's a nicer word than other people use for me back in the day. But I was one of those like hardcore conservative youngins and I'm, I'm still conservative, but it's not political. It's like the social kind. Like I, I, I've, I've never registered for any party. Um, If you had to ask me, I'd say I'm more in line with Republicans, but like it's, I, I really am enjoying watching people like eat their own tails (laughs) 
<laughs> with everything on, on both sides. I don't even care. It's one big play and they're all in on it. There's a reason the Bushes and the Obamas are like besties. Yeah. I'm of the firm belief that egg on your face is the best look. I just I think it is. Sunny side up. Um, but yeah. Yolks on you. <laughs> whoa. Oh, didn't help our Kelly at all. Um, <laughs> the Texas dad smashes windshield to rescue crying baby from car in the searing summer heat. Also, headline should be less than 15 words. And no, I'm not going to count them. You can go back and do that if you want. Um, but it's just, see, this is my idea of a feel-good story. Tells you how fucked up I am. Um, basically, they're at a head in Har- Harlingen, Harlingen, Texas. Harlingen. Harlingen. And um, just what you'd expect. There's a crowd surrounding the vehicle. And, you know, dad pulls the kid out. And they said that the heat index was 100 degrees. Really freaking out um the national highway traffic administration says it takes just 10 minutes for a car to heat up by 20 degrees and they didn't know exactly how long the child was in the vehicle and child's body temperatures rise three to five times faster than adults so it's more like a psa thing so that's why i I liked it because we had a freak out the kids survived and also also for all of you um lady loving dads out there uh a lady climbed into the broken windshield to get the baby and handed it out to the dad so real hero of the story is the lady once again the patriarchy strikes and steals all the credit so there you go what do you think tom you want to tell your story and really bring everybody down uh do we want to be that way on our first first attempt probably i basically just said something that forces you to tell it which is kind of an asshole move by me personally to you i think yeah, it's like a leverage segue. I think uh, I think I have to. Yeah, I think you're right. The arm is twisted. All right. Um, so we probably should have started this thing off with telling people a little bit about ourselves. No, it's, they're figuring yeah. it out. They're figuring right. it out. Well, well, I'll give you one more piece to the puzzle. Yeah, um, here you go. <laughs> I was I was a police officer in a city in Virginia for about four years, and uh, there was a there was a I worked midnight shift um, almost the whole time I was there. Three out of the four years I was in midnight shift. I was by far the most enjoyable. Um, and the best suited for my temperament but uh we had a <laughs> night where we had a night where at about four uh, thirty in the morning ish five thirty in the morning ish um our shift was supposed to be um 10 p.m to 8 a.m 10 hour shift and it was right at the tail end of our shift you know day shift was about to come on and relieve us so uh me and two other people in my district were all sitting with our cars parked doing paperwork and kind of being grateful for, for a quiet morning um, and all of a sudden a call came out on the radio for a, a young boy who was um, having seizures and suffocated and or was choking and passed out. And we were only a couple of blocks away from, from him. So we all hit our lights and sirens and we took off and that's out of hell. And uh, got to the house and immediately the, the child was a seven-year-old kid. Um, he was in his bed and he had been having really bad seizures. And what happened was he had vomited and, and during the seizures and the vomit had gotten stuck in, in his, uh, his windpipe and he was literally suffocating on his own vomit. So we, we tried to evacuate the, the windpipe and we tried to do finger sweeps and we performed CPR and, and we spent probably four or five minutes really aggressively performing CPR on this kid uh, before medics got there. And uh, medics got there and obviously took over because they're far better at that than we are and that's their job. But we handed it over and the medics took it over. Uh, he was non-responsive for us except for some coughing and it was never, he never was talking to us, but we didn't expect that. Um, medics put him on a, 
on a gurney and put him in the ambulance and took him away and they helicoptered him over to CHKD. Um, we were told as we ended our shift, we went back to PD afterward. And by the time we were ready to leave, we were told that the kid was going to be fine. Um, great job. And all, th- all three of you, really good job. Way to get there. Way, way to implement CPR right away. Um, the kid's going to be great. He's going to be alive. And, and you guys should feel good about it. So we went home after a long night feeling really, really good about the outcome and then what we did. And then we came in later that night for lineup. Um, the first thing that we were told was, hey, I'm sorry to break the news to you. Turns out he had so much brain damage. He had been long enough that oxygen that he suffered really severe brain damage. Um, and the parents decided to pull the plug. So we started the next shift, um, really the lowest of lows. Uh, and it obviously carries over in the shift and it's not shift. But uh, I was telling, telling you earlier, like that for all the listeners who aren't aware of the previous conversation, my issue with this article was that it did not tell me if the kid survived and the kid was okay and the kid was fine. Like this article, if, if you go to it, and I suppose we'll put links in show notes and things like that so you guys can find this. But I'll, but, uh, but yeah, when you read the article, it's very short. Um, the, the headline for the article is almost longer than like the full body mm-hmm. of reporting itself. And uh, and nowhere in there does it tell you like, oh, by the way, the kid's fine. The kid made it. The kid was good. Um, so for me, the first thing I thought when I read this was, what, what the hell, man? Like, what happened? To the right. Hey, let's let's do this podcast episode. I'm going to send you something about a kid dying. <laughs> yeah. Tom, Way to be a dad. Tom, why won't you return my text? Why won't you talk to me anymore? Yeah. Oh, so it that, well, I mean, yeah, all serious, right. that sucks a lot. Because... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're we we both have the the small kids and and right in that age range slash approaching that age range, and it's you know most of you guys who are out there probably you know you you went through that phase in your twenties where you thought like okay maybe I'm not invincible but like I can handle anything like if I get a second to react like I could you know fight off Muhammad Ali if I can get to my firearm or something, you know, like kind of, kind of line of reasoning. You can always make up a way to get out of it. And boy, you have kids and you just turn into this like helpless sack of whatever in the corner, you know, like a a corner of a table could be like your entire life's undoing. And I don't know how people do it, man. I just can't even imagine it. I would be, especially if someone else did something to my kids. I, I do not, want to see what that side of me looks like because it's not going to happen i'll tell you that yeah. much so anyway good talk just turned it dark again you tried to save it but there I'm we glad are we, i'm glad we kept this uh this uh, it's uplifting positive you know vibe yeah the podcast. That's well that's going to be the theme of this podcast is i'm i'm the like thinker controller personality so i'm always going to grumble and complain um about <laughs> basically everything we talk about i'm always going to have an opinion most of it is going to be annoying to at least one person so 50 percent that's 100 percent of our audience no it's not oh wait we we lost the other two all two of you by now we've lost the other two type in the chat tomorrow (laughs) if you're still here um but yeah the uh here's here's a good way to get to know me a little bit better um when i was going to the bar regularly you know being a a youngin as we would as we were referencing earlier was um, this handlebar mustache, Doug? Was this that, Doug? <laughs> yeah, I put that out that was, there. You're welcome. That was, yeah, I know, right? That was 24 hours. Um, well, it was a bit more than 24 hours. A photo we'll, lasts we'll, a lifetime, no, and I've we'll, got a photo. No, you don't. Yes, you, I do. No, you have the photo that I agreed to. Um, 
I had that when I got arrested. Yep. Yeah. I've got it. Oh, you have that photo. I have that photo. Of course photo. you do. <laughs> oh, shit. Can I see it? Uh, yeah, I'll share that so with you. <laughs> for the record, for, for the oh, one person still listening, I've never oh actually met Doug face to face, which is what makes this so much better. Like, we've never uh, actually been in a room together. That's awesome. I I didn't even think about that. Like I have the video on the DVD from like the dash cam and all that. Oh, that's right. Oh, ugh. yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> that is, that's a, a story for another one of another episode. Um, Cause that's good and good way to switch my ass in my face. Um, uh, anyway, going to the bar regularly. I am the youngest person in our like little core group it was kind of like cheers but you know dirtier less professional like it's a dive bar like in a corner of a strip center and and we're servers and bartenders and stuff like that we're not like the mailman even and all that stuff so um but i was the youngest and my nickname was grandpa from all of the friends including the bartender because every time someone said oh we should do this i'd look at them and be like that's fucking stupid <laughs> like <laughs> you're an idiot you're gonna get arrested or you're gonna fall and you're gonna break your face and most of the reasoning behind it for me was because i was gonna clean up <laughs> afterwards i feel pretty confident that i actually saved someone from maybe dying at that bar at one point and i stopped more than enough fights but i was always the guy who was just like <laughs> you're stupid and they were like you're the youngest you should be the idiot like somebody has to watch over you idiots that's you me the grandpa yep i mean <laughs> i i have a sweater vest like sewn on the inside of my skin so it's gotta be uncomfortable not if it's 100 percent cotton all right we can go with that no not that polyester garbage so that's our no. first sponsor for the show it's internalized sweater vest by doug cotton inc no? Try hard, try harder. Oh, uh, we forgot that too hard. No, we forgot the dad joke. We were supposed to do that halfway through, and we went three quarters of the way through. See, we did. There you go, everybody. I just, I just hodgepodged it. I, I got all grumpy and said that we did things wrong. So here but we go. You've already, you've already forgotten the show's motto. Though. We'll fix it in post. It's fine. That's the show's motto. That's the show's motto. We'll fix it in post. I mean, <laughs> we should put that on a decal. Like, yeah. go, go, dad, go. Don't worry, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> it fits. It, it does. It does fit. You've got you don't at least even, eighteen years to make up for mistakes. You, I mean, you don't even. Works, it's, right? it's only one line too. It's even better. Yeah. It's succinct and to the point. It's catchy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, but yeah, I'm going to tell my dad joke now, and then we'll get to the last article, uh, which was provided by Tom. Which is, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. So. <laughs> Tom, yes, Doug. Why should you never be a bartender for the mob? Something, something, something. Shots. I don't know. Because it's a whiskey business. Ah, it's even better. <laughs> I like Welcome. It. <laughs> <laughs> I like that very much, sir. That's very good. Mm -hmm. Finally, I have a use for all those dad joke books that people gave me because they heard me say one dad joke two years ago. And they're like, oh, Doug likes that. So I'm going to give him a useless book where he's never going to break the spine. So I'm going to have to uh, bring see, those I, down here. 
I've been put on pun quotas at work. I've literally been put on pun quotas, quotas where if I make too many puns in a day, I get penalized. It's um, oh. that's been a thing for me professionally. I thought it was that, the opposite. I thought it was like you have to give at least three puns per day, otherwise you're fired. Verbal warning. No, pun in, pun no. intended. <laughs> no, none of that. Unfortunately, I don't work with enough dads. I guess. Mm. No. All right. So my so, dad joke for you this week is actually a time traveling joke. Oh, but I can't tell it to you because you didn't like it. Yeah. God damn it. I knew you were going to say that too. I almost wanted to jump in front of you. I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, I know. Can I come back to you later and tell you that I liked it? Mm, You can come back to me tomorrow. Okay. Fine. Okay, I'm just soaking. <laughs> I'm soaking it in because I, I I wrote a paper in college about time travel, so it speaks to me. I did too. I should send you mine. You should send me yours. This is the kind of nerdy exchange we should have. Mm-hmm. Usually, you charge I, monthly for these kinds of exchanges. It's true. I, yeah. I charged by the page when I was in college. Yeah, mine was based on uh, Ronald Malice. Is actually <laughs> size twenty eight font, double space, <laughs> double space. You kidding me? <laughs> triple space one word <laughs> per page my man one word per page all right mm. so the last headline that i looked and it's it's going to seem a pretty loose affiliation to parenting but that's okay because this is why you're here because you're you're offering the the stuff that is actually really good conversation that just i would never send this <laughs> like what the it's fuck right. is this garbage eventually eventually i'm going to replace you with like ryan reynolds and just talking to yeah. you know super human stuff with him and then he's going to replace me with um i don't know chris one's workers you yep. know it'll all work itself up uh thor i might have the name wrong oh chris, chris hemsworth i thought you said like unsworth i was like the fuck is that um, oh, yeah. i mean honestly if we get replaced by ryan reynolds and chris hemsworth uh, i'd be cool with that i would listen to that podcast 100 percent I, know, I totally would too. We'd be like, "Hey, everybody, welcome to episode two. Um, just turn it off. Here's this other podcast. Just go listen to that one. Join us while we listen to, right? Deadpool and then we just hit record the day after theirs every time. It'll be a reaction video. People make a lot of money right. doing reaction videos on YouTube. So right? The reaction video, it's fine. Uh, so the second one that that I pulled up was uh, it started off a little lighthearted and upbeat. It's about an octopus <laughs> named Costello in a new york city lab and uh and costello is kind of cool because he's one of the few octopods that are monitored like 24 7 and he was doing some neat stuff they got on camera um he would be fast asleep and he'd be changing the color on his skin which is something typical of octopus when they're sleeping and uh and all of a sudden he just started flailing his arms around and his heart rates went up and and he started squirting ink wrap rapidly and they didn't know what that was all about. And he would do that a couple of times during a sleep cycle. And finally, they hypothesized, oh, we might be having nightmares. And when they started really thinking about that, they started really thinking about, you know, what does that mean if cephalopods are, uh, are having dreams? If, if their brains have evolved that way and they're doing something so similar to us, what does that actually mean? Our closest ancestor, we think the article said, it was like 750 million years ago and it was a flatworm. So if we, you know, evolved along these two very different distinct lines, it's interesting that our brains both got to this place where we can dream and then hang on. Um, and then he died. And then he died. And it turns out that he may not have been having nightmares. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they listed they listed a cause of, as, as basically as an octopus starts to die, it goes through this process 
where its nerves start degrading and it starts degenerating and it uh, it loses control of its facilities. So it, it's it's essentially um, it, it's a senile old octopus and it can't control what I, I think. So <laughs> they don't make the pens for octopods, you know. Right, right. It's clickbait. Tom yeah. sent. Tom is using clickbait. Oh, octopuses could have dreams, and then halfway through, they're like, "Well, it could also have just been dying." So well, you know, like, not just it could have been; it probably it did. was because it died. It did, yeah. <laughs> but the but, I mean, I just I read this, and at first I was like, "That seems like kind of a weird thing." Like an octopus just starts flailing around or whatever before it dies, and I thought, "Well, humans start shitting themselves," which is like inking. And, you know, you have the, I can't remember the term for it, but, you know, the shaky arms and hands and like it's the the nerves like, you know, holding up. Oh, okay. So the octopus was just wearing a sweater vest and ready to go. Not an internal sweater vest like you. It wore it on its sleeves. But yeah, so the octopus died. And, uh, but it was an interesting read for me for for one. Uh, I'm fascinated <laughs> by neuroscience. So so another puzzle piece for me is uh, I've got I've got two degrees. Um two bachelor degrees and one of them is in psychology and, and I've got a very large fascination with neuroscience. Um, and, and the other thing is that my son who's uh, five is going through a nightmare stage, right? Oh. So reading this was, was an interesting tie to him because 20 seconds after he lays down in bed, he's like, daddy, I had a nightmare. I need to snuggle. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, go, go lay down. <laughs> didn't. And, and he comes back dying. a minute later, Yeah, a minute later, daddy, I just had 20 nightmares. And he's so worked up. Like he, does, <laughs> he can't sleep. And I'm trying to explain to him it doesn't work that way. And sometimes he does wake up, and I believe he has nightmares. He'll wake up screaming every once in a while, and it's a horrifying sound. So um, there was an interesting tie in there for me because I'm, I'm currently dealing with the nightmare and the kid. And to think of an octopus having nightmares was was interesting. I also keep a reversible octopus um, above my computer uh, in my office, and then literally it's got a happy side and an angry side. And people know whether or not I'm approachable based on how I've got my octopus. If he's a happy octopus. That's that's auto, and you can come talk to me, and I'm I'm fine. But if he's the the black inky frowny side octopus, that's Octavius, and you don't want to come talk to me because I'm not. So the last part of that sentence also felt like a monthly subscription, somehow. Could have meant, but I didn't name the brand. I intentionally didn't name the brand of this product. Maybe we'll support them. Octavius, they support us. So what, Roman? Your your octopus, your dark side is Roman. Octavius, ah, you are such a different nerd than me. No, no, this is Spider-Man. <laughs> Otto Octavius is Doctor oh, Octopus. Jesus. I was thinking you should. I mean, you should have gone with like Octavius Maximus. No. You know, and then other people would be like Gladiator, and be like, no, an actual like guy. It, it's I, a small. It's a small size one. They had the many ones and the big ones, and I went with the smaller ones. So I couldn't do that. He'd be compensated. Have, have you seen my octopus teacher? It's no. a little like documentary on Netflix. Um, and true to my own character, I hated it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that, so, okay. So the premise of it is this guy, um, sees this octopus, this female octopus in a little lagoon ish kind of thing that, that is off of like a little study slash vacation home. He has some, some sort of thing like that. He's going out swimming. He's having like a rough patch of his life and he sees this octopus and he eventually finds himself going out every day and finding this octopus and the octopus kind of starts to recognize him and, and, you know, just let kind of lets him be around. And there's even some moments where it looks like the octopus deliberately goes to him to like play and stuff like that. And again, I think he's actually right. 
with a lot of this stuff like like watching the actual video they have it does look like you know behave like conscious behavior from the octopus towards him but i swear to god if this guy could have an affair with the octopus he totally would (laughs) i don't think the rings work that way i'm pretty sure they don't work that way it's got tentacles baby can't there's something money can't buy but the (laughs) it just he's he's sitting there and then after the octopus dies you know he's just like he's just sitting there and it's just like and and I'm halfway through. My wife is so pissed at me because she's like heard good things about the documentary. She wants to watch it. She's really into it. And in episode four, I'm like, where is his son? His son's home from school. He's neglecting his family for a f- and then like I see my five-year-old on the couch or octopus. And you know, we're just self-mute on that one. And so, okay, you want to watch a series about an octopus? It's got a lot of facts in it. It's very scientific. And if you're like me, just ignore the actual dude's emotions and you'll be fine. Or you can watch Spider-Man No Way Home. It's far more entertaining. I haven't seen that. Effects are better. Wow. How are we friends? Uh, We're not. You have my mugshot. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's called collateral, not friendship. Oh, strong arming you. Yeah, I like that. If I was an octopus, I could I'm strong. I'm bigger than you right now. I can just sit on you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm working on losing weight, but it's happening a little slowly. I'm still around that 270. What? Yeah. No, you're not. I am. I was 280 about 10 days ago. I was just under 270 on Monday. Yep. Wait, how tall are you again? Six foot. I got a, I've got a big frame, but I certainly don't need to be So you're like the black haired version of me. Uh, Sure. Except you like Spider-Man, you've had professional police training. <laughs> Whereas I'm the dipshit who bought a bow staff 10 years ago thinking it would help me exercise. Well, hey, it, it might help you exercise. You go poke somebody with it on the street and pretend to be a badass and you have to run away. You know, that's good exercise. Yeah, I exercise with it twice. <laughs> I mean, that's so that's kind of like my final thought for the day. Um if you're just a uh, an aspiring dad and you're sitting here listening to us and being all like, oh, these guys are fucking morons. But you're right. Here's, here, yeah, you're right. But here's here's the other point of this story. Someone married us. My wife is amazing. She I, I told her I was I was going to do this, this stupid thing you know, in the basement with Tom. Again, sounds weird out of context. And she goes. Why don't you grab some, like, grab a Modelo before you go down there? And I'm like, hmm, this is one of two things. Either my wife is amazing or I'm going to pay for it later somehow. Like, she's setting me up for something. And it could be both. So, yeah. Yeah. Good times. I got to get back to some bourbon, though, at some point. (laughs) I finished off my last glass of carne. We're having this conversation. So I need to get a new bottle of it. Right. (sighs) Well, what do you think? This is a good good spot to stop. How long has it even been at this point? Ooh, yikes! Three days, I think. I think I'm pretty sure I missed a day's work while we were. Is that is that in dog days or what? Yeah, could be, could be. You know, it's funny. My dog hasn't come over here to test me. Uh, we've been recording. I'm kind of shocked. Hmm, interesting. I am. It doesn't even say how long we've been recording. Anyway, it's probably been a while. It's probably been close to an hour. Probably has been. 
Um, but we can edit that in post. So yes. first episode, 30, post, baby. 30 minutes. Post. You think we'll get 30 <laughs> minutes out of this? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. All right. Um, yeah. Let's let's just say bye for now before it, it gets extra awkward. You know, when you, you say, okay, bye. See you later. Have a good one. And then you both start walking the same direction. Yeah. And you just yeah, kind of stare cool. at each other and you want to like jump out the window no matter what floor you're on. Yeah. yeah yeah so we're gonna avoid that that reference point so um bye guys heartsies and uh thanks for listening and hopefully we'll see the one of you that's still listening next time bring a friend yeah (laughs) your kids will think maybe all right go dad go